Hello there. You're about to experience the WhatsApp Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It's me again, coming at you again. Um, I am super excited about this podcast and actually will technically be the next three podcasts. This is a three-part, the first part of a three-part series on the idea, concept, theology, belief of once saved, always saved. Yep, I know. Talk about going big. Um, this is not, this next three sections, uh, three podcasts are not to be the definitive word on this. This is not the end all be all. This is just an explanation of where my faith started to where it is now and how how I started is no longer how I believe. Now, if you are someone who believes strongly on one side of the fence or the other, then I encourage you to listen to this podcast with an open mind. Um, but let me go, let me remember that. If you are once saved, always saved, you are like I was when I first started my faith, and I am, am no longer in that camp. And we, I sit down with my with uh, my father in law, who is an amazing evangelist, amazing student of the word, um, just an amazing person altogether, who has done a ton of studying to this. Um, and we kind of go through this topic and we go through it by components. And I really want to set the stage. So the first episode is going to be all about the building blocks, you know, like what are the things that God gives us uh, that cannot be taken away and everything else. But I don't want to like try and t- tackle this whole thing in one section because I think it's impossible. And I think theologians have been debating this since there's been theology or I guess technically this has been since Calvinism, if we're being honest, this concept has been since Calvinism, John Calvin. And I, I don't want to, you know, bury the lead here or make this not a podcast because I think it's a really informative, fun podcast that a lot of us don't think about how much that idea of once saved, always saved has impacted our walk and has impacted how we process the word or how we process the accountability of our behavior. And that's really what this whole conversation is about. Um, how that idea of once saved, always saved really impacted me in the negative scope. I'm not saying it does for everybody, but for me specifically, it was a negative crutch that allowed me to stray away from the Lord based on a false safety net of, of security. Um, and so we go into this, we go into this topic and I want to attack it from a lot of different angles, a lot of different approaches, but I don't want to get too far ahead of it. This is an amazing opportunity. I got to sit down and spend so many awesome hours with my father-in-law, just discussing the word, hearing his heart for it, and being able just to talk to someone who's been in the faith for 45 years, doing it amazingly. A guy who's just been rocking his faith, living in the word for 40 plus years. And it's it's an inspiring thing to see. And I'm so blessed to have him as a father-in-law and as someone who I can call and ask questions and pour into him and his, his, his my Theo, um, have done so much about just pouring into me when it comes to these things, but just giving me conversations, opportunities. So this is what this is all about. You're going to hear intros again for the next section when I start playing it. But I just want you guys to 
to really, if you have a critical spirit towards this, think about why you do. Um, I know this rubs a lot of people the wrong way and really rubs some people who think strongly in this belief of the one saved, always saved, and this irks them to the core. And I would say why. Um, if your faith is is where it's supposed to be, then, then, then do the research. And I always say, if you do your homework and you can walk through all the scripture and, and come to a conclusion that's right between you and the Lord, then I'm leaving it there. That's not my place to challenge that. But I am saying is that if this conversation topic just irks you out of the gate, like you just hear the concept, and you're like, what? I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to debate that. I don't want to hear anything about that. Well, then I would, I would highly suggest that you please listen to this and give yourself the, the grace to hear us talk about it from our lens. This doesn't mean that we're right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean any of that. But, but I didn't want to hear a lot of these conversations when I first started having them. I, I didn't want to hear them. They offended me. And it was that offense that really I had to start looking at, like, why does this offend me? If I'm living my life the right way, this topic shouldn't offend me at all. And once I got past my offense and past my immediate repulsion of the idea and the concept, well, then I started reading the word and my, my opinions changed. I'm not saying that'll happen for you. I just want you to, to hear the, the, the story and the concept. So um, this is really fun. The next three episodes will be amazing. I hope you enjoy them. And I loved having them, and I can't wait to have your feedback on these. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you soon. Well, this is going to be interesting. <clears throat> this is going to be the first time there has been someone else on the What's Up Church podcast. <laughs> so that is awesome. I am here with evangelist, author, and I am proud to say father-in-law, George Elias, well, hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Daniel. I'm doing very well, brother. We are here because just recently we had, since since I've been lucky enough to be married to your wife, we've had this constant conversation back and forth between her and I when it came to one saved, always saved, or can someone lose their salvation? And I was raised a once always saved person, and she... Uh, is related to you and your and your brother <laughs> and a whole bunch of other spiritual people, and has always come back to no like like eternal salvation regardless of one's behavior is not always the case, and so it's been something that I I look about how it impacted me in my life, and then you've gone through recently, uh, which is why we're having this conversation, a really awesome study into the word, like going back into scriptures, going back into what does the, the word actually say about this topic? And I think a lot of us, people like me who were scholastically, theologic, the, like, yeah. theologically, Bible wisdom was not always there. Um, and we believe what you hear and you kind of just take things that sound great, but doing your own homework and doing your own digging sometimes isn't the first thing we do. So... The whole point of this podcast session, like, and there's going to be several parts to this, I believe, I hope, because I don't think this topic can be exhausted. But however, the point of this is not to find the answer. It's just to, to interpret what we believe based on scripture. Okay. There's like, I, again, there's theologians who have disagreed on this since the topic came to existence, um, which wasn't that long ago, by the way, FYI, everyone who's listening to this, this is not a, this wasn't like, you know, in the book of Acts, they were doing this. <laughs> this is a newer concept. Um, and we want to kind of get into that and start with that. So, George, mostly you're going to be doing most of the talking. Thank the Lord for all my listeners who want to hear someone else finally. <laughs> so, 
give us a brief history according like introduce yourself obviously but give a brief history of once saved always saved it's not called that but we kind of use we're using the quote unquote once saved always saved theology yeah go for it my understanding um and i grew up catholic uh in my family we're all catholic many many years ago and many years ago i gave my life to christ and literally committed myself to him was born again and my life radically changed and for the first time in my life I started reading the Bible and I became a what I would call or many would call a student of the word. I actually dig into the scriptures of what it actually teaches. But the actual origins to my understanding, without going into a lot of detail, uh, literally uh, were there were a group of people and we can mention John Calvin, where at the very beginning uh, looked at the mentality or the the, the thinking of the Catholic Church where it was a lot of the works mentality when it comes to salvation. And they were trying to combat that. They were trying to give an answer to that. And literally the pendulum swung from that point to where we're not saved by our works. Our works have nothing to do with salvation, which I totally agree. But they took it to another extreme where they started teaching, obviously the scripture teaches that uh, the just shall live by faith. We see that in Habakkuk uh, 2.4 and on and on and on. But they took it to the point to where they started teaching that once you accept Christ, you can never lose it. It is a done deal because it's something that God does. You have nothing to do with it. And instead of being a little bit more on the balanced side, they took it to that other extreme. But here's, here's my, my take to a lot of this. Uh, scripturally, uh, I've always have felt in my own life that I have been pretty balanced on a lot of the problem beliefs that the church many times brings. And one of them is, is this one. And the thing to understand this topic along with any other topic is you have to, like the scripture talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to look at the whole of Scripture to be able to determine what the Bible actually teaches on any given subject, especially this one here. But there are specific Scriptures that are used by people that literally believe that uh, you, once you give your heart to Christ at whatever age that was, that it is an impossibility for you to be able to lose out on what God gave you. And the problem with that in my eyes is then it gives you a license to do whatever you want to do because you have nothing to lose. I believe that's a problem uh, that happens within the body of Christ. So you have to look at the scripture and in scripture interpret scripture. You have to look at the whole, not just New Testament, but even some Old Testament scriptures that literally define what this topic uh, says. And again, with the pendulum swinging from one extreme to another, we have to go back to the middle and get balanced on what the scripture actually teaches on this subject. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I look at that thing um, as it being a problematic. I think I'm a huge Chuck Misser fan. Like you and I, we've talked about this yeah. many times. I, I listen to Chuck Misser all the time. I love his Bible studies when he goes through book by book, chapter by chapter, he goes to the word. And I'm a, I, I'm a big fan, big I, fan. I love Chuck Nisler as yeah, well. He's Absolutely. Awesome. He's awesome. And, and he's always saying, do your own homework, do your own homework, do your own homework. Don't believe me, do your own homework, which I, again, super respect because I think we all should. However, he is a, to the nth, a once saved, always saved 
proponent. I mean, and he goes through and he, I've, I've heard him, I've listened to his Hebrews teaching, his Romans teaching, his, you know, and I've gone through and he lands the plane hard on the scriptures that are for him, once saved, always saved. And we are going to eventually get to those scriptures and I want to, but, but to your point, I think his, 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 his thought process, I think is truly honorable because he believes that someone whose heart is turned to the Lord's, I mean, how could you ever walk away from that? You know, and he's believing because in his heart, he's like, why would you ever experience right. this goodness and turn your back on it? Right. And I'm look thinking about it as someone who kind of did, like someone who was saved in high school and in middle school had amazing experiences, but then let the world. You know, I always like to joke about the sower of the seed and like I had thorns and thistles or whatever. You know, I let the, the lust of the world pull me away from that. But because my mindset was I'm saved those my actions didn't have consequence to had you asked me at any point in time i'm saved you know but then going back and reading the scripture it's like well there's some room for interpretation there there's a lot of room let me rephrase that a lot of room for interpretation thank the lord i i i was always called back but so i kind of want to get into the the foundational part of why we're talking about this i want to set the table because this could be a very thick conversation that i don't want people to get lost in Yet, I, I want people to understand the heart behind this is just to explain our perspective. And there's three core components to this that you believe strongly in that that kind of set the table, so to speak, that right. give you the I want to give everyone who's listening the, the parameters of which we are talking. So if we if we don't agree on these, it, the rest of the conversation could be moot because we're, we're just not agreeing on anything. Right. So we want to kind of understand and explain the first three principles of where we're coming from to start this conversation. So. Go ahead. And this is, to me, was foundational because uh, I have to be able to look at every topic of Scripture and go all the way to the beginning in Genesis, even at the Garden, and go all through the Old Testament, New Testament, and establish something in my mindset that is a truth. It's a biblical truth. And the very first one is, do you have free will? And obviously, we look at the Garden where... Uh, God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, there was a tree of life and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he gave them a choice. He told them what to do and gave them a choice. And of course, we know the story. Adam and Eve chose uh, to do their own thing and sin came into the world. But if you look at the Old Testament throughout the Old Testament, going back to uh, let's look at uh, chapter 30 of the book of Deuteronomy, where God tells the children of Israel, I'm giving you a choice. I'm laying before you death and life, blessings and cursing. Now you choose. What do you want? He even tells them, I counsel you. I'm telling you, choose life so that you and your seed can live. He tells you what to do. But that is the teaching and the mentality throughout Scripture. We see this not only throughout the Old Testament, but throughout the New Testament as well. Will the children of Israel, the saints in the new covenant, under the new covenant, had free will to choose? So the first thing that has to be established, does God ever take your free will away from you? And my answer is no, never does. Free will is literally based on the love of God. God did not want robots. He did not sit there and say, you will do this whether you want to or not. You have no choice. And I don't believe that's the God that we serve. I believe that God gives you everything. The the scripture says in 
Luke 12, 32, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything we have, we can quote a lot of scripture, Ephesians 1, 3, 2, Timothy, uh, 2 Peter, on and on and on, talks about everything that we have has been given to us by a loving God. But that means that we either can receive it or not receive it. We have free will. That's number one. I don't believe God ever takes your free will away from you. The second one that I believe is equally important, if that's true, then God will always look at the cry of your heart and give you according to what you desire. And I want to share a couple of scriptures on this. And the first one comes out of Jeremiah, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. But there are many that we could have picked from. But for sake of time, we're going to pick just two, one old, one new. And Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, this is what it says. It says, um, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So that was God speaking through Jeremiah, and I believe that's based in many scriptures throughout the Bible. But the other one, when we look at even New Testament, is in um, Revelation chapter 2 and um, verse 23. And he's talking to the church at Thyradia, and keeping in mind that this is... <laughs> I love how everyone says that word differently. <laughs> I say Thyatira. Thyatira. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, I love how everyone, like those words in Revelation, everyone's like, ah. It's, it's, like, it's like Tanzania. I've been to Tanzania and Africa. I do a lot of ministry in, in Africa, but uh, it's Tanzania or Tanzania. Tomato, tomato, whatever. But the church in Thyradia? I call it Thyatira. Thyatira. Okay. And you can put the emphasis on any (laughs) syllable you want, sir. Feel free. So so this is what Jesus is saying, New Testament to this church. And in verse 23, it goes, um, I am who searches. And of course, this is is the ending. Without going into all the scripture for sake of time, from the very beginning in verse 18, uh, verse 23 I will kill her children in death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts and will give to each one of you according to your works. So again, backing up Jeremiah's scripture, this is Jesus himself that is saying the same thing. So I believe that what happens, and we can go into a lot of scriptures where Paul the apostle talks about your your heart and your mind gets seared with a hot iron. Uh, it talks about literally becoming uh, reprobate, on and on and on, you know, apostize, that whole realm that we're going to get into here in a future podcast. But the part, the second part that I wanted to bring up is this thought that God is going to look at what you desire and what your heart cries out for. Keeping in mind that each and every one of us has a sinful nature. I don't believe that sinful nature has been taken away from us. We deaden it. We we put it under. We kill it. Scripture talks about deadening and mortifying and killing that which will bring death to your life. We have to do that. But I believe it's still intact. We can always resurrect it and bring it back. And then the third part to this that I believe is equally important as foundational is I want to ask you a question. What is the only thing in the New Testament that we believe is unconditional as far as God is concerned? Hold on. I'm waiting for them to answer. 
Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> that's, that's actually a very, very uh, easy, easy answer. And most people, if you've been in the Lord any length of time, you would agree with me that it's God's love. We see throughout scripture, we can actually go into some scriptures and teach about God's love. It's unconditional. God loves you. No matter what you do, God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. But the obvious question that if you believe that you can never lose your salvation, it's impossible for you to lose your salvation. You can do anything you want to do and never lose it. Then you will also tend to believe that your salvation is unconditional once you get saved. But that's not true. See, when we look at scripture, the only thing unconditional is God's love. But let's look at salvation for a minute. If it was 100%, this is the mentality on this topic from some people that believe this doctrine, is it's all God, it's nothing you. 100% God, you add nothing to it. Now, when we look at works, I agree. Now, is that, <clears throat> is, is that because it's more we, we hear faith by grace? You hear the grace message, that right? That, that like you had, you just have to receive grace. Yeah, you just have to receive grace, receive grace, receive grace. I mean, Paul talks about this is a message of grace, His grace. You didn't do anything to earn this. Right, is a gift given to you. Right, <clears throat> and that's I, I think this is a big jump off for people. Like, I didn't earn it, therefore it's given to me. I, I can't do you, it. You can't lose something that God gave you. Is the mentality here? Yes. But what did you add to your grace? There you go. You added something. There's there's at least a couple of things that we add to salvation. It has nothing to do with works. Uh-huh. We are not saved by any merit or any works that we bring in. It's only God when it comes to that. Uh-huh. But what do we add to our salvation? Faith, I believe. Faith. What does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say? For we are saved by grace through your faith. Faith. So faith is very key. You add faith, and another word for faith is trust. Is is we literally salvation literally says I put my trust one hundred percent on what Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. That's you connect with God. But the other thing that we add to salvation is what? You quizzing me? Yeah. What's going on? It's, it's repentance. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You know, and, 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 and you know, we can quote <laughs> like, a ton of scripture. I'm looking for a different answer. <laughs> the, very, uh... the, very, the very first thing that Jesus did when he came on the scene, and you can go to, uh, if I remember correctly, it's Mark 4.17 or Matthew 4.17. 4, anyway, but many scriptures, Luke 13, verse 3 and 5, right. on and on and on and on. Jesus says, repent for repent. the kingdom of heaven is at uh-huh. hand. Paul says, Peter says, Repent and be converted. Repent and receive the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Repentance literally means to change your mind, to change your attitude, to change your, you're going one direction, turn around, change your mind and go towards God. So we add repentance and we have faith. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people confuse repentance with forgiveness. Okay. Like I think that's another big one too. Okay. Is, is I struggle with that. And just again, insert, I would always ask for forgiveness, but I was never repenting. I wanted forgiveness for my behavior, but I wasn't going to stop it. Right. And I, and, and, and the reason why it's because not, I don't know if it's why, but once saved, always saved gets into the idea of like, well, I, as long as I'm asking for forgiveness, my heart's good yeah. versus repentance is what, what's called to do. 
It's right. not don't forgive you for your actions if you're going to keep doing it. That's not that's, that's not, not true repentance. That's not well, it's not repentance at all. Right. You will get forgiven like, you know, seven times 70. You know, right. you're going to always get forgiven. Right. But that's not what he's asking you to do. He didn't call you to ask for forgiveness. He right. called you to repent, right. which is changing your ways. It's changing your ways. It's actually turning around and being so, have sorrow and and uh, for what you, your lifestyle you're living and mm-hmm. saying, God, I'm sorry. And see, it's, well, it's not, not just I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. It's, I'm going to continue no further. Exactly. It, it, exactly. It's, it's not the please forgive me. And also tomorrow I'm going to ask you again to forgive right. me because we need that. We, yeah. We're going to need forgiveness. Yeah. But it, if but forgiveness without repentance is is almost blasphemy. It's idolatry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see, see premeditated sin. The problem that we, we a lot of people have, Daniel, is they'll sit there, wake up in the morning and know what they're going to do in the afternoon. It's sin. It's wrong. But in their thinking is, before I go to bed at night, I'll repent and I'll be okay because God is forgiven and merciful. For sure. God is forgiven and merciful. Yes, he is. But God is also understanding what true repentance is and, true for, and where true forgiveness comes into play. Mm-hmm. See, so we can go ahead and do our thing during the day and at the end of the day say, God, forgive me for what I did. That is not true repentance because like you were saying, true repentance means to change your mind, change your mentality and completely turn around, amend your ways mm-hmm. and completely turn around and start pursuing God with, with desire and brokenness. Uh, scripture says that he that has a broken and contrite heart, he will not despise mm-hmm. in, in Psalm 51, if I remember correctly. So understanding that uh, is very key. So going back to what is... The thing, the only thing that's unconditional is his love. He loves you regardless. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between love and approval. Mm-hmm. God loves you, but he may disapprove of your behavior or he may disapprove of the way you're living. Mm-hmm. And the key to understanding this is what happens when we have this kind of mentality where we can just literally have a license to do anything we want to do. Mm-hmm. Sin, according to Hebrews 3.13, literally hardens the heart. To the point to where eventually you don't hear God anymore. You're, you're, you're off doing your thing. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm okay because I'm not losing anything. And it's a huge mistake, Daniel. <clears throat> oh, I, I'm saying yes to that because I, I, I walk that. You know, and I have a lot of friends who unfortunately have the same mentality. It's the justifying of I'm good or using the world's meter of what is good or is not and ignoring scripture to say, well, it's not – you're right. not the judge here. Right. You're using the world's standards of like, well, I'm not a bad person. I'm not murdering people. I'm not. I'm not doing X, Y, or Z. Insert thing. But I have a cold heart to the Lord. I, right. I, I don't. It's it's those. It's that sneaky thing that starts to, like you said, harden one's heart. Right. You become deaf to the Holy Spirit. Right. You become deaf to the things the Lord wants for you, and they become foreign and they become outliers. Things like I again, I use myself as the as the the litmus test for this because what. What I thought I would never do in middle school, high school was my everyday reality in my 30s. You're mm. like, well, what happened? <laughs> well, what happened? How could that have happened if I'm saved? How, if I'm all these things, how can I be living for drugs, alcohol, pornography? You insert the, the worldly experience that I was chasing after. And, and thank the Lord I wasn't given up on. Like, thank the Lord the Holy Spirit still tugged me. Thank Amen. the Lord that I still had a heart that was... Not completely cold and hardened and dead, but I'd be honest with you, there are many stretches, seasons there and that, you know, where I was, where I was, I'd turn off the word, like, I don't want to hear that because I know I want to go and sin today. That's why I woke up. <laughs> I woke up so I could sin. And then I only wanted forgiveness when it didn't, when I, like, I felt bummed about it. 
you know, like, oh, please forgive me. But I have zero desire to change. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the, I, I, again, my, my wife and I, your, your daughter and I, we would have these conversations and we would have these amazing topics because then I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, like, like Chuck Missler's on my team, you know? And she would be like, oh, but read the book. And I'm like, oh yeah, but I don't, I don't need to read the book because Chuck Missler's on my team. You know, like I, the people that I want to agree with, like, you know, if you find your own answer, you're going to find it. Um, and that was, that was, that was such a crazy thing. And then as I'm starting to read this and everything else it's, and, and dive into, and like you said, become a student of the word, you know, just study the word. If you're, if you're reading the word honestly and you're inviting him into the presence of the scripture, mm-hmm. well, well, then you immediately have some contradictions that have to be squared right. real fast. Right. Real quick, this idea of once saved, always saved, the second you get through the New Testament, you're like, oh, whoa, well, I didn't read that at all. In the New Testament, I read some awesome things. I, I read some amazing things, but I missed the part where they're getting what they're getting, and even knowing the scriptures they're talking about. And I, and that's why I kind of want to set the stage here of like what we're talking about quickly is again, we are not the end all authority on this topic. If you're listening to this and, and you think that we're coming and we're missing some points, you're probably right. <laughs> we're we. we this is a topic that I've grown in significantly in my entire walk to land where I'm at now. This is a conversation that we're having because I think it's so important for people who just just flippantly believe once saved, always saved without any critical thinking. Mm-hmm. If you go through and critically read the Bible and you walk away with this theology, then that's fine. At least you've done your homework. We might disagree, mm-hmm. but at least I know you've done your homework. Mm-hmm. But many people, myself included, which is why I think it's so important – Believed it because I heard it from someone who I, th- I trusted. <laughs> I, I heard someone who I thought was smarter than me say something that sounded right, that I hoped was right, that I, please, Lord, be right. Yet, doing my own homework, I'm like, ooh, like, I respect Chuck Messer immensely. I can't wait to get to heaven to meet him. I hope I get to shake his hand and tell him how much he meant to me. I really, honestly, I, sw- I, sw- I can't wait to do that with a whole bunch of different people. But Chuck Mister is like on the top of my list of people who I just love his heart for the Lord. Mm -hmm. But I think he got this wrong. And I think people who believe he's right, who are raised in this right, give themselves a ton of rope to hang themselves with on the day of judgment. Right. And that if we're in the Lord and we're we're really truly diving into what this thing says, his word, not not what I hope it says. What does it say? We have to look at some scriptures that are problematic on both sides that have to be reconciled. And I think what you say is the best and everyone should know it, but scripture interprets scripture. Right. Anything outside of that, well, <laughs> you're playing a dangerous game that I don't want to be a part of. Um, and that's why I think that like, like landing on the fact that free will, landing on the fact that love, you know, landing on the fact that, you know, the three topics of the, of the unconditional are, um, Say it again because I God looks at your heart. A heart posture. Right. I always say heart posture. Right, right, right. Like, you know, that's my verbiage, but what you're saying is exactly the same thing. Right. It's like, what are the cries of your heart? Exactly. What do you really want? Right. You know, and you can't straddle this world. Right. You can't say, Lord, I really want you when it's convenient, but I also really want the world when it's convenient. Right. And back and forth. Yeah. And so we're at this amazing point of like, okay, good. We acknowledge free will. I agree 100%. God will never take your free will away. Right. There's nothing that 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 is the gift that he gave us because it truly tells you where our heart posture is. Heart posture is. And then love, unconditional love, 100%. He will never not love us. Right, right. That doesn't mean he won't, isn't a just God. 
That's right. Doesn't mean he's not a, a father who he says his words are his words and those words will come to pass. Right. <laughs> so it, that, those are the things that I, I like that we're diving into. And that's what this whole podcast section, this is going to be broken up because there's, again, we could do this for days, for hours, for weeks, months, years. We could talk about this till the cows come home, right? Until the rapture. And we probably still wouldn't exhaust all the content, right? Right. There's a lot, Daniel. And I go, when I, when I, I've been walking with the Lord for 45 plus years now. I guess one say, day you'll get it right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, I, but I've always, I've always loved the word of God. I have always dug and find the nuggets. I study as much as I can, uh, Greek and Hebrew, going to uh, commentaries and on and on and on. And I love this. But bottom line, I know we're going to get into some key scriptures that are that a lot of these people that literally believe it's impossible to lose what God gave you. Um, we're going to get into those scriptures. But just just to as we end this this um, session, always keep in mind. Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." He said in, in, in John 15, he said, I call you my friends if you do what I what I command you. You do what I tell you. You know, Luke 6, 46, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I tell you? You know, it's having a heart for the Lord that literally brings honor to him and literally follows him and let, let go of the things that literally dishonor the kingdom or dishonor his name. Mm-hmm. We are called Christ ones, Christians literally means one who follows Christ or one who is Christ-like. Mm-hmm. How can we call ourselves a Christ-like person when we basically live any way we want to live? does not work that way mm-hmm. as far as what I see in Scripture. So, again, we're going to get into this a little bit deeper. Yes, that's the part I'm excited about. So thank you, everyone, who's joining us on this little journey on this topic that can ruffle some serious feathers. Like, it, it can. And I can tell you from my family Specifically, it can ruffle some feathers. Like, you know, it's just the way it goes. Uh, but it's so important. I think it's a, a conversation that if we all have honestly, it, it will convict those that need some conviction. And all of our lifestyles could be improved. Every single person. And we say this, and this is going to say like I think about all the time. I don't ever want my lifestyle. I don't ever want the answer to this question to matter. If that makes sense. Like I always want my lifestyle to be so far above reproach when it comes to doing the Lord's work and being in his will that this, the, the, the answer to this question does, is irrelevant. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter to me because my heart's for the Lord and that's all there is to it. But I can honestly admit there's a long time it wasn't and not blaming this theology, not blaming this topic as why I was living that way. But I'll be the first to admit I relied heavenly or relied heavily on its authenticity to green light my behavior. And so that's where we're at now. We're going to start doing uh, another podcast where we get more into the scriptures and really into like what is being said and, and, and what is not being said. And that's the exciting part, like getting into his word and finding these things out. So, yes, we will be back soon with another one. All right. Bye. You have been listening to a Sub Church podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>